Hey guys, welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm Juliana. I'm one of your co-hosts, and today I am joined with Rachel Provar. I don't know if I say my last name. I'm Rachel Provar. Happy to be here. Yes. What do you do for Salt Company St. Paul? Good cue. Um, I am a women's ministry leader, um, but dabble in everything. So just hanging out with Salt St. Paul crew. Nice. <laughs> Love to hear okay so this is the third episode of our flourish podcast and today we're going to be talking about pursuing holiness and the call to us as christians to present our bodies as living sacrifices and so when we post this podcast we will be in chapter 12 of the book in romans and so far in the book of romans paul has made the argument that righteousness and right standing before god is only through faith in jesus christ it cannot be accomplished through our ethnic background or at our adherence to the law, but it is only through faith that we are justified. And then we come to chapter 8, and it says, because of this, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we now have a new identity. We're no longer in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit, and we are children of God and co-heirs with Christ. Um, and then we come to chapter 12, which we're going to talk about today, where it says, because of the gospel of faith, because of our new identity in Jesus, the application and the next step for us as Christians is to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. But before we get into the podcast, I want to read the first verse of Romans 12 for us, because this is going to be the foundation of our discussion today. So Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Okay, let's get into it. Ooh, ah. <laughs> and so, okay, actually, before we get into it, before we talk about oh, pursuing holiness, I want us to talk about the difference between the gospel of faith and the gospel of works and why it's important to understand this difference as we are talking about like pursuing holiness. And so for you, Rachel, the question is, why is that important to distinguish um, or just to understand the gospel as we are talking about pursuing holiness? Yeah, um, I would even argue that there is no gospel of works because nice. <laughs> the gospel means good news. That's literally what it translates to. And for humans, for um, those of us who are born in Adam, born in sin, um, there is no good news of works. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, since we are born into sin, there is no way that we can um, successfully live a life of perfect holiness. Um, and so because of that, um, we, our good works can never outweigh our bad works. Um, this not only includes outward works like, um, serving the poor or, um, telling a lie, a bad work. Um, but it also includes, um, the motivations of our hearts. God cares, um, not only about what's on the outside, but also what's on the inside. And so he also takes a look at the good and bad inside of us, our intentions, um, whether we, um, serve the poor out of love or because we wanted to have a good thing on our resume and wanted to be, um, noticed and achieve something, whether we lied to, 
um, make ourselves look good and sin against God or to protect someone or something. Um, and so he cares about the insides too. Um, so all that to say gospel of works probably isn't possible. However, um, we do go before God with our works, um, with someone's works and Christianity is saying my works don't measure up. And so what I'm actually going to present before you, God, is that my works don't measure up. I need Jesus's works. I need um, his perfect life in substitution for my life that the bad far outweighed the good. Um, yeah. And so I actually have faith. Um, my faith is actually in Jesus. My faith is an instrument to obtaining Jesus's perfection, his righteousness. And so it's his works that, um, I'm actually able to, um, receive through faith by the grace of God. And so all that to say, um, the gospel of faith is so hard to actually like believe as Christians. We believe that we're saved by faith, but, um, I think daily it's a challenge to actually believe that it's not based on our works, but on the person and work of Jesus. Um, because we want to be impressive to God. We want him to think highly of us based on whether we read our Bible or not, whether or not we, um, pray well, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, we want, like we lean back to wanting to be works-based, Um, when all actuality, God's disposition towards us, the way God feels or, um, the way God looks at us is completely based on, um, Jesus, the work and person of Jesus. When we have faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you for explaining that. Cause I think that was just a really great explanation between the difference of faith and works and why works just like our own works just won't satisfy. And that's why we need the works of Jesus. And so like thinking about that, like how does that change how we like pursue holiness? Hmm. Like our mindset of holiness. Yeah. Yeah. For like perfectionists, that's hard because perfectionists, um, if they can't do it perfectly, why do it at all? And what we believe is we'll never be perfectly holy in this lifetime. We will one day in the life to come. Um, but it looks like stumbling forward a little bit. Um, the way that we pursue holiness as Christians, rather than as those of us who are pursuing holiness as a means to get to God is we do so as a response hmm. rather than as the way we get to God. Yeah. Um, when we believe um, in the good news of Jesus, we believe that um, we are only completely righteous because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and our faith in him. And so when we mess up or each day, we pursue holiness as a response of the goodness of God that he saved us and that he, by his grace, helped us to believe and have faith. Um, and that we're already made whole. We're not mm. doing it out of like a, 
I need to prove this to you. I need to earn your love. I need, we already have all of those things. And so we're doing it in a response to God's goodness and his love and his kindness, not to earn it. We're, um, when we're operating out of works, we are, um, when we have a good day, we feel good and we feel like God actually owes us (laughs) for our goodness. You owe me blessing. Um, we actually, um, yeah, believe that we're worthy of being in relationship with God. And when we have bad days, we feel shame and guilt and condemnation. And as we read in Romans 8, there is no condemnation because we aren't under the law. We aren't under the works. Our relationship with God and ability to um, commune with him is not based on our ability to do the right thing. Because I think what's also helpful is just... We, as humans, believe that ourselves and other humans are far better than we are. Hmm. When those who are operating on works-based relationship with God and have any day that they feel good, they are totally delirious. Hmm. Because every single day that we wake up, we are far more bad than we are good. As Christians, we are pursuing being far better than we are worse. And hopefully one day when we're 90-year-olds, we're like super holy and have good days. But I think it's delirious to believe that people could be in right relationship with God based on their ability to clean themselves up. We We have far worse thoughts, far worse intentions. We do bad things more often than we do good things. We operate out of selfish ambition. We are jealous. We um, covet far more than we realize. And so it's delirious to think that there's actually a good day if you're working or if you're operating in a workspace relationship with God. Hmm. That's good. Little caveat. (laughs) (laughs) And like, Yeah, just to like sum up like what you said, we pursue holiness as a response. Mm -hmm. Like that's like what I want like you guys as a listener to hear is that you don't pursue holiness in order to gain favor with God or righteousness, but you do it because that righteousness has been given to you already because of what Jesus has done. So all of this is, this conversation is more of like, honestly, to the Christian, Mm -hmm. like this is like the Christian, like once you have believed in the gospel, then the next step for you is to pursue holiness. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So thinking about that, what, okay. We've kind of said this word a few times or actually throughout the entire podcast, but I wanted to just define it and ask you, what does it mean to be holy or what does the word holy mean? Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, yeah, we use it all the time. Um, a very simple definition of holy is set apart, um, other than, (laughs) um, that, I mean, the holy, holy, holy is God and, um, to, for him to be holy is to be so different other than set apart than everything else in creation. Um, and so to be holy or to pursue holiness is to pursue godlikeness, mm-hmm. or, um, as we often say, like, I don't know, modern churches today is to like 
be like Jesus (laughs) is to pursue being like Jesus. That's great. Yeah. So holiness is, or like the word holy means to be like set apart and to pursue being like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so like, what does that like practically look like? Hmm. How to pursue (laughs) holiness? Yes. (laughs) Good question. Um, No. How do we pursue holiness? Um, Something that, um, I love this quote from a coach I once had. Um, she always said championship backwards. So you got to work for what you're going for and then practice that today. And one of her quotes was, um, when you're tested, you will not rise to your championship play, but you will fall to your practice. And so similarly, we as Christians will not rise to the person we dream of being. We will not rise to holiness. We will not rise to being like Jesus in moments of affliction and testing, but we will actually fall to our disciplines. And so pursuing holiness, I mean, there's so much to be said about pursuit of holiness. Um, A couple things is that God uses... Um, his spirit, his people, and his word. Mm. Um, you have to pursue holiness in community. God uses his people um, to encourage you, to challenge you, to equip you, to... Um, you need to be in the church, um, not um, the church being Christ followers, um, the body of believers in this world. Um you need to be surrounded by his people, um, to pursue holiness. Um, you also need to be in his word. God speaks to us through his word. He gave us the Bible as his word. It is, um, yeah, God speaking to his people. And so, um, to pursue God likeness is to, pursue God's words and what he has instructed us and um yeah his wisdom in his word and then also God uses um his spirit the Holy Spirit who lives in and um, empowers every believer um if you are a Christ follower you have the Holy Spirit God himself living inside of you um And yeah, you have access to him at all times to ask him um, for help. The spirit will convict you and that will help you to pursue holiness. Um, Yeah, God himself is in you to help you to pursue God himself, which is (laughs) the best superpower we could possibly have. (laughs) Yeah, Can you explain that more? Just like the role of the Holy Spirit in pursuing holiness. So if the Spirit is in us and he's empowering us to be holy, does that mean that we don't have to try at all? Like we don't have to put any effort into trying to be holy. No, that's not what I mean. (laughs) But good question. (laughs) Yeah, the Spirit does empower us. But even, um, I don't know if we read verses one and two or just one. But um, verse two in chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Um, And even that language is 
you can conform to the world and still be a believer. Like you can, you actually need to renew your mind. You need to um, put off evil and sin and you need to put on truth and you need to put on God's word. It is, it does require effort. The gospel is not anti-effort. Effort will be required. Like so much in the Bible is about actually like effort and laying off sin and uprooting lies um because we don't just we don't fall into or stumble into holiness it's against our human nature we were born Mm -hmm. into sin and so it does require effort um but like i said the greatest superpower the greatest um yeah power that we have is the power of the holy spirit that's god and Mm -hmm. he is in us empowering us that doesn't mean that um we don't need to work but he is able to work in us thankfully yeah (laughs) we need the help (laughs) yeah yeah and so the spirit i think even the spirit uses tools like god's people and god's word and so we have to be in community for the spirit to use his people (laughs) in our lives. We have to be in God's word for him to use God's word to speak to us. Um, Very rarely do people just like have random revelations of like, or visions where it's like, oh, I don't, this wasn't God's word or God's people. It just happened. He uses the tools and the efforts that we put in to um, help us to pursue holiness. Hmm. That's good. Okay, so we kind of talked about how to pursue holiness, but why why should we do this as Christians? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first, also just want to preface this with the question that we spoke about earlier of if you are not a Christian, um, this doesn't even really matter yet. (laughs) Like the pursuit of good works apart from faith in Jesus, um, actually isn't like honoring to God. He wants your heart. He wants your worship. Um, he doesn't just want your good works. And so if you haven't first been transformed and in awe of, and, um, truly believed that Jesus is the way to holiness and that he is, was perfect for you. He died for you. He resurrected and gives you, um, the power of the Holy spirit. I would say first take a look at that and study that before you actually, um, try to, um, be really impressive for God. Why do we pursue holiness? Um, it's a response. It's, once we have believed the gospel, it's a response. It's a natural response to the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus. Um, yeah, it's, so that's one. It's like, I'm not even asking why, because it's just like, I, it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just what overflows out of me is, wow, you have been so kind to me. I like, this is how I'm going to respond to like, this is just how it works. Um, but we also pursue holiness because we actually believe that God withholds no good thing. We've seen that in the gospel as he, as he gave Jesus Christ, his son up for us, 
that we don't believe he withholds anything good from us. And so with that, the things that he commands are actually good for us. He designed us. He knows exactly what's good for us. Um, he, yeah, when he tells us to do things or not to do things, AKA like whether pursuing holiness, <laughs> um, he actually knows that that's what's best for us or that's not good for us. Um, so that's one. It's a good life. Um, it's the life we were made for like, yeah, in his good design, that is what we were made for. And then also God is honored by us pursuing holiness. God is worthy of our worship and our life. He's worthy of us presenting a living sacrifice before him. He is worthy of all things good and, um, so he is worthy of all honor and he is honored by us doing the things that he asked us to do. <laughs> he's like, um, and he's worthy of that. And so we do it because it's a good life. It's a life we were made for and because God is honored by it. But overall, it's a response. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking of the verse in Romans. I, this is early in the book of Romans, like maybe Romans 2, where it says, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about pursuing holiness, like this is like what you said, like a response of why we do it. And it's not like natural for us. Mm -hmm. Like God's kindness naturally leads us, leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And um, even thinking of, there's another verse. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I always just think of verses, but don't know where they are in the Bible. But um, somewhere in the New Testament where it says, be holy as I am holy. Mm -hmm. So it's like an explicit command from God mm -hmm. to be holy as he is holy. And so it's like a non-negotiable for Christians. <laughs> it's like, as God has been holy, I want you to be holy as well. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so we've understand that God calls us to pursue holiness and that's part of the Christian life. But then whenever, maybe let's say I think of holiness, it seems like a bunch of rules or things to not do. And it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like we can have any fun mm -hmm. or we can be happy. And so does pursuing holiness mean that you can't have fun anymore? No, that's not what it means. Um, yeah, being a Christian and living within the boundaries that God has designed for us is actually like the most fun life. Um, there's far less pain. Um, there's far less regret and guilt and shame. Um, for those of you who are Christians and have um, fallen into sin, you've probably felt conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's not a good feeling. That's like not a fun feeling. Um, yeah, God designed us. He literally made us. Um, and there's so many like examples of, um, somebody in authority knowing better than the one who made it or, um, is under it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, a a parent and a child. It's like when the parent takes something from a child or, um, gives the child limits, they are doing that so that the child would actually have a better life, not uh, withhold good things from a life. And in Matthew seven eleven, 11, um, actually Jesus compares 
God to a father and your father gives good gifts, how much better is God who would give good gifts? Like, um, I even love the example at Redemption Church this Sunday. Um, Jordan Adams gave the example of a backyard and, um, it's like, there's the backyard and the dad says, okay, buddy, go have so much fun in the backyard. Go play in the backyard. He's like, just stay within the fence. Go, but go have so much fun. And we are just like, so us and our sin, like look over the fence and we're like, but it looks so much better out there. <laughs> it's like, no, like you're going to get abducted if you go out there, kiddo, <laughs> like stay within the fence and you're going to thrive. You just don't like, you don't actually even need to experience the pain on the other side in order to trust and believe that I have good things in store for you. I'm not withholding good. I'm giving you what I know is actually for your good. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so it's like pursuing holiness is the better life. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, sometimes pursuing holiness is actually really hard mm -hmm. and you might lose things. Can you yeah. kind of talk about that a little more? Yeah. Um, I would say on both sides of things too, just like my personal experience um, can speak to this. I wasn't a Christian until in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And so my freshman year, I lived typical college life. I was um, drinking a lot, getting drunk a lot, sleeping around, um, partying all the time, whatever. I was being a college person. Um, and I thought that life was fun and free. But what I actually didn't see once I became a Christian and stopped drinking underage, stopped getting drunk, um, stopped having sex, I, um, actually saw them for what they were, which were enslaving. Um, and so I was always so concerned with what other people thought of me with what, um, guys thought of me with, and I was always sick, like three days of the week from being hungover. I, um, was just like enslaved actually. And it was actually not fun. It just like, I tricked myself into believing that it was a good time. Um, but it actually just like sucked. <laughs> and, um, so then my sophomore year I came back to college and had just become a Christian and, um, people, I made all my friends as a believer and then people, um, didn't like my new lifestyle of not going out and, um, yeah, just staying in. And so I lost friends and like, um, just had to sacrifice. I mean, the pursuit of holiness, I was reading my Bible and the only time I could read my Bible was at like 4am before lift. And so it was like sacrificing sleep. That was hard. Like it was just a challenging time. And so Yes, holiness, um, once again, you don't fall into holiness. You don't like stumble into holiness. Um, it's hard work. Um, but I truly, truly believe that at the end of our lives, when we have to give an account for our lives, um, we will never, in the face of God, when we are in the presence of God, we will never, ever regret a moment of choosing um, righteousness and holiness and choosing 
um, the God honoring thing over choosing the things of this world before God, we will not have any regrets of holiness, no matter how hard they were. Um, I mean, that could include losing friends, losing family, moving overseas and like not having any money. It could, I mean, yeah. Giving your money away to the church, um, pursuit of holiness could look like a life of singleness and yeah, it's just, it can be hard, but worth it in the, um, scope of eternity. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Cause I wanted to ask that question because when we talk about holiness, we, we can be like, oh, do it. It's so great. It's so fun. Pursue Jesus, all this <laughs> other stuff. But then there is like a true cost of pursuing holiness and you might, yeah. Like, for example, like in your situation, like you lost some time with those friends that like you mm-hmm. would party with mm-hmm. or whatever. And going back even to the definition of holy, it means to be set apart. Mm-hmm. And so when you stopped doing those things, you were set apart from your friends. And so like there is like society doesn't like that. And the like earthly like doesn't like that. And so yeah. it's like there's going to be a reaction against that. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Let's not like pretend like it's all butterfly and roses. Like Matthew 16 verses 24 through 26 say, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me forever. Who would, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's like Hmm. Jesus Jesus is called to the disciples is take up your cross, deny yourself, lose your life for my sake and you will find it. It's, um, it requires an eternal perspective and a perspective of, um, once again, the gospel, like this isn't a sacrifice. This isn't a loss because of what you gave up for me ultimately, hmm. but it can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can, I want to ask you a question and you can get as personal as you want, but like in what ways, like currently in your life, do you pursue holiness? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something really practical in the pursuit of holiness is, um, I sin, <laughs> I sin <Shocker>. often. <laughs> oh, surprise. Ooh. <laughs> breaking news <laughs> Rachel Profar announced she sins um yep I sin often and um the Holy Spirit convicts me often of my sin um but one asking the Holy Spirit to convict me not to shy away from conviction to but to lean into it even though it's can be hard to feel that um but actually when I feel conviction one to um confess it to God and say oh, wow, okay, this is, I, like, have sinned and fallen short. Here I am. And yet, like, remind myself of the gospel. Ask for forgiveness and accept forgiveness because in Christ I have been forgiven. So prayer in response to conviction of the Holy Spirit. But also taking that a step further in um, something that I think would be really helpful is scripture memory. Mm. Um, that would specifically help you fight the sin that the Holy Spirit convicted you of, whether that be selfishness or pride, 
or jealousy or uh, maybe you keep falling into um, sexual impurity or maybe you are um, struggling with anger, lust, whatever. There is scripture that would um, actually be really beneficial um, to memorize and have in your heart front of mind. And so if the spirit is pretty um, repetitively convicting me of a sin, it's just helpful to have scripture to be like, okay, I can actually fight this with God's word. Like I don't have to come up with something creative and cool and (laughs) new and exciting. It's like, no, this is old and this has been working and God's word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is what will change me, not my effort. So Oh, I don't even remember the question. How do I personally <laughs> yeah. pursue holiness? Yeah, but you answered it. So that's great. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Give me a microphone and I'll just <laughs> rattle. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, like to like kind of end our podcast or our talk today, like what would you say to someone or like what encouragement would you give to someone who is just like in the thick of things? Mm. It's just like pursuing holiness is like, I'm honestly like tired. Like what would you say to that person? Hmm. I would want to remind them that they um, aren't saved by their ability to be holy, but... Um, the Holy One died for them and that has satisfied God's wrath. Um, but also, this is totally random and really has nothing to do with this podcast, but it's just been so impactful in the last week for me that I think, I just want to take this moment, whoever's listening out there, for you to hear this and hopefully the Spirit uses this for you. And it literally might bring me to tears. I'm like already like, oh gosh. Okay. Um, this is just like a little bit of a gospel presentation for you. Um, so I was listening to something recently. It's by Dr. Michael Kruger. So he's cool. Whatever. I don't know if I'm <laughs> supposed to say that. But um, And he was talking about the definition of grace. And we often say the definition of grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor means It's the favor of God that we didn't deserve. Um, An example of unmerited favor would be adoption. Someone, um, a couple decides to adopt a baby from an orphanage. That baby didn't do anything to earn their love. Unmerited favor. And yet what Dr. Michael Kruger argued is grace is actually demerited favor. Which means it's not only that we didn't do anything to earn the favor of God, but we actually did do something to earn the opposite of the favor of God. Um, An example of this that he gave was that it's like a couple going to death row and finding the inmate that hurt their family and adopting that inmate into their family, into their home, and lavishing that um, individual with love and care and protection and favor. Um, It wasn't only that that inmate didn't do anything to earn their love, but he actually hurt their family and did something to not earn their love, and yet they have adopted um, him. And not only that, but Dr. Michael Kruger said that 
that punishment still needs to be paid. So what if I adopted a death row inmate and instead put, replaced him with my son? And my son was put on death row so that that inmate could come and live a life as my son. That's the gospel. We are death row inmates. We deserve the wrath of God. We deserve death. And yet God, in his kindness, chose us, chose to save us and bring us in as children and instead Jesus received the death penalty on our behalf so that we could actually be children of God and so I just want to I say that to the person who's struggling along to say like just enjoy God's kindness to you right now take a deep breath and just like worship, why would you choose me, God? What? I deserved death and you love me. Like, I can't believe you would choose me like that. Wow. And then see what that stirs up. And I actually think that would stir up um, holiness and righteousness in you. That would cause you to um, pursue holiness in a new, refreshing way rather than out of obligation. Yeah, that's great. Love that presentation. Um, yeah, we will see you guys next week Whoa. for our last episode of the Flourish Podcast. See you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>